Let's turn to Psalm 138 for a reading and brief explanation of this psalm. And let us fulfill our calling to worship the Lord in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs according to the commandment of Ephesians 5.19 and Colossians 3.16. Let us rise together for the reading of Psalm 138, all eight verses in unison. Together. I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. In the day when I cried, thou answeredest me and strengthenest me with strength in my soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise thee, O Lord, when they hear the words of thy mouth. Yea, they shall sing in the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. Though the Lord be high, yet hath he respect unto the lowly, but the proud he knoweth afar off. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of mine enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works of thine own hands. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Very briefly, let us look at this psalm. In the first verse, the intent of David's heart was to praise God with his whole heart. And I hope that is yours this morning, that you want to praise him. That is, to lift up his name and to speak glorious things of him and to tell of all his marvelous works. But David goes on to say, before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. Here is one of those places in the Bible where gods is not referring to an idol, and there is no other god but Jehovah. It's referring to the princes and rulers of the people. Before the princes and nobles and rulers of Israel, I will not be ashamed of declaring thy praise and speaking before them. Rulers are called gods in several places in the Bible, and I do not have time to take you on a chase to show you those verses I'm telling you, and it is your duty to search the Scriptures to see if these things are so. It is so, but that is what David is saying in the first verse. He wasn't ashamed to praise God before the gods. When his wife, the daughter of the previous king, whose name was Saul, made fun of him for dancing with all his might in his ephod before the Ark of the Covenant, David severely criticized and punished her for making fun of his worship of the Lord. In verse 2, I will worship toward thy holy temple. We want to direct our affection and our worship and our praise 
toward the dwelling place of God. In Israel, that was first in a tabernacle, then in two temples, and now the Lord is in heaven. And he wanted to praise God's name for his loving kindness and for his truth. God had always been very kind and loving, loving kindness, toward David, and God had shown David much truth. And so we have the last part of this verse that we refer to many times, For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. David mentions the loving kindness of the Lord, then he mentions thy truth. And once he has mentioned thy truth, then he adds this statement, For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. We do not want to get into a competition of trying to rank the attributes of God. But we want to understand that David, when he stood as king before the gods, before the other rulers and nobles of Israel, and know that God had chosen him, he exalted and understood that God's promises to him were very special. More special than any other attribute that was exercised toward David was God's word. Because God's word toward David included the fact that he would have a son forever on God's throne and that son would be the Messiah and Savior of Israel. That son being the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the word that God exalted above all his name toward David. Because that is, those are called the sure mercies of David. That God would send his son Jesus Christ as the son of David to sit on David's throne over God's kingdom forever. And that that would be the Messiah. He would be known as the son of David. And that is part of God's word. The promises made to David, which we now realize in the son of David. But God has magnified and made large and impressive the promises that he made to David and the promises that he's made to us, he's exalted them very high. His word is what he has revealed of himself to us. Without his word, we do not know him. And his name is of, is, it conveys little to us. The heavens declare the glory of God, but they declare it obscurely. His word is magnified above that because we see him so much clearly in the pages of scripture. Must go on. Verse 3, In the day when I cried, thou answeredest me, and take comfort here, brethren, and wisdom, and strengthenest me with strength in my soul. God did not always remove David's enemies. God did not always change David's circumstances, but he strengthened David with strength in his soul. Sound familiar to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, where God did not take away the thorn in the flesh of our brother Paul, but gave him grace to be able to bear it. Notice the wisdom of the third verse. We go to the fourth. And here kings are used in reference to the Gentiles. All the kings of the earth, not all the kings of Israel, but all the kings of the earth, shall praise thee, O Lord, when they hear the words of thy mouth. This is a prophecy of Gentiles. Hearing the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, and glorifying the Lord. Yea, they shall sing in the ways of the Lord. You can go find this fulfilled in Romans chapter 15 about the Gentiles singing praise to God for the salvation declared through Jesus Christ for Jews and Gentiles alike. For great is the glory of the Lord. 
though the Lord, and that is the Lord Jehovah, because of the capitalized L-O-R-D, though the Lord Jehovah be high, yet hath he respect unto the lowly. He is able to look down and see those that are small and despised. As David would say in one of the verses of Psalm 119, and have respect unto them. He had respect unto Hannah, who was a wife of Elkanah, but had no children. And Peninnah, the other wife, had children. And for a woman in Israel not to have children, it was a terrible thing. And to have a polygamous marriage, and to have the other wife bearing lots of children, it was a terrible thing. Just ask Rachel, as Leah gave birth to six sons. But you know, the Lord was able to look down on Hannah and have respect to her. The Lord was able to look down on Hagar, who was the Egyptian handmaiden of Sarah, who Abraham cast out of his house. And she said, she named God, the God that seeth me. In Genesis chapter 16. He has respect unto the lowly, but the proud he knoweth afar off. He sees the proud as well, but he doesn't have respect to them. He knows them afar off. He knows their arrogance, and he judges them accordingly. David said that though he would have circumstances of trouble, God would revive him. And that God would stretch forth his hands and destroy his enemies, and that God's right hand would save him, and the Lord did. David died a peaceful death on his deathbed with great confidence and comfort in the everlasting covenant of the Lord. And those last words of David are recorded for us in 2 Samuel 23. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Now what concerned David? It was a promise that his son would always sit on God's throne forever. And did God perfect that? which concerned David. Absolutely. The Lord is there right now. Now, I'm going to repeat myself. It's called the sure mercies of David. What was the mercy? That David, in spite of having a pretty dysfunctional family, would have one of his sons sit on God's throne forever. What was sure about it? It was an everlasting covenant, ordered in all things and sure. These are taken again from his final words from his deathbed in 2 Samuel chapter 23. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Those are the sure mercies of David. Forsake not the works of thine own hands. But the Lord will also finish the good thing that he has begun in you. If you will humble yourself before his word and seek his face, and and obey His commandments that He brings to you, He will finish a good work in you. Now, He's going to finish a good work in all of us when we're glorified. But He's going to perfect that which concerns you in this world if you walk by faith and put your trust in Him and obey the gospel that He delivers to your ears. He will perfect that which concerns you because His mercy endures forever. If you will apply yourself this day everything God ever intended you to be, You can be and will be in His presence here, and you can and shall be in His presence there. He's exalted His Word above all His name. We're going to exalt it today. He's lifted up His promises. He's lifted up His declarations, His history, and His praise. And we want to do that as we turn the pages of Holy Scripture. He's revealed to us truth. 
and loving kindness in that second verse. And we want to praise Him and sing in the ways of the Lord this day to fulfill our role as Gentiles, as Romans 15 describes it, in fulfillment of this prophecy and this psalm. And Lord, perfect that which concerns each of us as we put our trust in Thee and follow Thee with all our might. Amen.